was free from Pharaoh. And that led to the people of Israel being set free from Pharaoh. So God passed over when he saw the blood. Amen. Some of y'all have caught already where we're going with it. He passed over once he saw the blood. And see, when we say Jesus is the Passover lamb, lamb, he is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Amen. So when God sees the blood, in this case, the blood of the lamb of God, the blood of Jesus on you and me, guess what? He doesn't see that sin anymore. So Jesus being the Passover lamb, Jesus is the one that went to the cross for us, amen, died on the cross for us, and then guess what? He rose on the third day. That's what makes him the Passover lamb because when God looks at us, just like when God was moving upon the land and he was sending those ten plays, just like when God saw, wait a minute, uh-oh, I see some blood. I see blood. But see, when he looks upon us now, he looks and he says, wait a minute. I see the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, that takes away the sins of the world. Guess what? We are set free from spiritual bondage. Amen? So we have to understand that Jesus is our Passover lamb. Amen? See, the Passover lamb was an animal that God directed the Israelites to use as a sacrifice in Egypt. And so on that night, God struck down the firstborn of every household, except those who took the blood of that animal and put it on their door. Amen. Some of us need to get the blood of Jesus written on the door of our hearts and on our households and our families. Amen. So that when things are going on, God can look and say, wait a minute. I see the blood of my son. I see the blood of Jesus. I see my blood on their life. Amen. See, God chose. We have to remember that it wasn't a decision that we made. God chose to save us. We didn't make a decision on our own that, okay, today I'm going to be saved physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. No, God decided it was his love for us. The Bible tells us in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, some of y'all don't understand that God has a non-discrimination policy. Amen. See, we're living in a time where people are talking about discrimination and black lives matter, blue lives matter, and uh, Karens and all these other people walking around treating people differently. And even our Asian American brothers and sisters are not being treated the way that they should be treated. And even in some circumstances, women are not being treated the way people are being treated improperly. There's discrimination. But see, God's plan. Amen. Go back to John 3, 16. It says, whosoever. God did not limit his plan to a certain group of people. Amen. He is our God. He said, whosoever. That means black, brown, red, yellow, whatever color you want to call yourself. Whatever nationality you come from. 
whatever economic status you come from. That means if your neighbor doesn't like you, that means you can't get into the clique or the crew. That means that people have talked about you. You are included in God's whosoever salvation plan. That means when Jesus went to the cross, guess what? My brother, my sister, he went for you and me. It says whosoever. See, that's the lamb of God. That's the blood that was shed for us on the cross. Amen. So understanding that Jesus is the Passover lamb helps us to understand that he is the resurrection. So you can't just skip over Passover. Somebody come on and write me a letter and, and text me and Facebook me. If you've been around this ministry long enough, you know what's going to happen when you do. You can't get over the Passover. You can't skip past that. It's not a Jewish thing. Jesus is the Passover lamb. And see, God said in his word that we ought to remember what he has done. We have to remember how he saved the Israelites that day. Because guess what? That's a prototype for how he's saving us today. How he went to the cross. See, if you don't understand one, how could you understand that one plus one is equal to two? You got to first know how to count before you can learn how to add. Amen. So one plus one equals two. That's the old math and the new math. It doesn't change. One plus one equals two. So we have to honor God for what he did with the Israelites and how he passed over when he saw the blood of the animal. That's one. Plus, we have to honor God because Jesus went to the cross and he's our Passover lamb. One plus one equals to two. Jesus is the lamb. He is the Passover lamb. He is the resurrection. Amen. He is the, the resurrection. And see, the Bible helps us to understand that the blood that Jesus shed for us at Calvary on the cross, that's the sacrificial blood of Christ. And once we accept Jesus Christ and what he's done for us at Calvary, we begin to understand that that blood that was shed is like the blood that they put on the door. Back in the Old Testament, the blood that was shed for us, the lambs, the Passover lamb, once that applied, guess what? Just like in the Old Testament, in the old days, it protected, it saved, it delivered in the new days, in today, in the New Testament, in the present day, the blood of Jesus does what? It protects it saves, it heals, it delivers the people of God. Amen. So we have to understand the significance of the blood of Jesus. You know, it's not like you and I getting cut. You and I get cut, guess what? We can't save nobody. We can't. But the blood of Jesus saves. Amen. So what is the resurrection? Jesus is the Passover lamb and that he saves us through his death on the cross for our sins. Once for all sins. In other words, we don't need another physical animal to come. We don't have to do sacrifices 
because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice with his life on the cross for you and me. Amen. And so everyone whosoever believes in Jesus shall be saved, shall not perish, shall be delivered from spiritual bondage of sin. And guess what? Jesus did more than that on the cross. Not only was it salvation for those who believe, but it was deliverance from sickness and disease and all manner of bondage. Christ set us free when he paid the price on the cross for us, for you and me. So the resurrection is the account of Jesus rising from the dead after being crucified on the cross and buried in a tomb. But I submit to you today that Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. What does that mean? Jesus is the source of life. He's the creator of life. He's the giver of life. He's the restorer of life. Jesus has the power to give, create, and restore life. He was and is and is to come. He's the creator of life. The scripture tells us in John 11, chapter 25, verse 25, chapter 11, verse 25, John 11, 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. You ever notice how the scriptures have, every scripture has one thing in common, faith in God, believing Jesus. That is the denomination that you need. That's the common denominator that you need in every single scripture throughout the Bible. Faith in God, belief in God. He said, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. What was Jesus saying? Well, first, you need to understand who he was talking to. Jesus was speaking to Martha. Martha and Mary were the sisters of Lazarus. And if you're familiar with your scripture, you know that at one point, Lazarus died. And Martha and Mary sent word to Jesus. And Jesus waited before he went to them. He didn't go immediately. He waited. Why? So that the glory of God may be manifested. And when Jesus arrived, Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. But what happened? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And when he was on his way, he told the disciples, listen, Lazarus is asleep. We're going to wake him up. The disciples didn't understand what he meant. But see, Martha thought Jesus. When Jesus said that to her, Martha thought Jesus was referring to the resurrection of the dead at the end of time. In the distant and remote future. People who die will eventually will live eternally through the physical body decays. The resurrected body will be immortal. Amen. 
and the spirit man transitions from this life to an eternal life. But when Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, he wasn't just talking about in the distant future that Lazarus would live. What he was saying to her is, daughter, you're looking at the one that created life. You're looking at the one that has the power to restore life, to raise life. You're looking at the resurrection. Because the scripture tells us that where Jesus said, nobody takes my life, I lay it down. You better believe there was nobody that could take Jesus' life. He laid it down. The scripture tells us, for God so loved that he gave. Nobody took from him. I dare someone come along and try. But no one took God gave. No one took Jesus. He laid his life down for you and me. Amen. So what Jesus was saying to her is, he's asleep. I'm going to raise him up in a few seconds. But I need you to believe and understand that you're looking at the resurrection. You're looking at the source of life. Amen. The next point is that we must believe that God can and will resurrect things in your life. Just as surely as he went to the cross, God can and will resurrect things in your life. And see, in order to do that, we've got to understand what exactly happened here. What happened in Matthew 27? Through 28. What happened here? Well, Jesus was crucified. And then he rose from the dead. Let's go and read Matthew 28. It says, after the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Now, this is after they have already crucified Jesus, laid him in a tomb, sealed the tomb. This is after that. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he, is, just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. Amen. Filled with joy. And ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. 
Then Jesus said to them, go, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Amen. Jesus is risen. So if we read back in Matthew chapter 27, we read all about how they spat on him, how they beat him, how they crucified him, how they hung him on the cross, how they pierced him, how he shed his blood for you and for me. Jesus is the Passover lamb. He's our Passover lamb because his blood was shed for you and me once for all. Amen. So to understand what Jesus was saying to Martha, we have to break down this scripture and understand. He said, I am. He said, I am. And see, John 6, 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go thirsty. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, there's those words again. Believes in me. The common denominator for every scripture is that we have to believe in God. We have to believe his word. We have to believe what God says is true. It's facts. So when Jesus said to her, I am, he's, listen, I am the source of life. I created life. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to raise it up. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. And when we understand that and we go to Jesus with our problems, why is it we doubt that God can resurrect that situation? Listen, if God can raise his own body up off of a cross, my brother, my sister, he can resurrect your dead marriage. He can resurrect your finances. He can resurrect your career and your future. He can resurrect those wayward kids. He can resurrect any problem in your life. He can resurrect your body. Amen. He can restore health and healing to you. So when we come to God, we can't come to God and say, well, if you had only answered my prayer sooner. Because Mary said, if you had only been here, my brother Lazarus wouldn't have died. But I know now that even now, Basically, she's saying, if you speak the word, God, you, it, it'll be done, even now. See, we've got to get to that point that we're at even now. Even if it's past the deadline, and you had a deadline when something was due, even when you're, you get a doctor's report and it's past stage one, two, and three, and it's a stage four, even when they say, well, it, it's over. There's nothing else you can do. Guess what? God can still resurrect. God can still restore, just like he went to the cross. Even when they seal the tomb, God can and he will. you got to believe, amen? So we have got to believe that when we encounter Jesus and we bring our problems to him, that there's no such thing as a deadline or it's too late, amen? God can and will 
resurrect, restore, heal, and deliver. There's no level of bondage that you could ever be in where God couldn't reach, heal, deliver, and restore you. Amen? Because remember, he is the resurrection. And so when Jesus was saying to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, John 1, 4 says, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Life is in Jesus. Guess what, my brother, my sister? You cannot have life without Jesus. Some of you are walking around here like zombies. You think you're living a life and you are not. Life is in Jesus. Jesus said, I came that they would have life and have it to the full. Life is in Jesus. And see, when he said to her, the one who believes in me, turn over to John chapter 3, verse 15. It says that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Eternal life can't be found in any other besides Jesus. Can't get eternal life without Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we must believe that he is. Do you know that there were people that had walked with Jesus but still did not believe? When I say walk with Jesus, I mean they had followed Jesus, but they still did not believe. That is why he's constantly saying, who believes? Whosoever believeth. Who believes and whoever believes. In other words, God didn't care who you are, your background. He knows all about you. But if you believe, amen, we have got to believe God. There were people that I witnessed the crucifixion and still did not believe. There were people that I witnessed Jesus uh, perform miracles and still did not believe. There were people that believed Jesus up to a certain point. See, some of y'all out there believe God to do some things, but not everything. That's why you go to God in prayer with some things, but not everything that you're dealing with, and you wonder why you got decay and defects in your life. Because you're not fully trusting God. You've got to bring it all to Jesus. You've got to believe, even though it's been four days and Lazarus has been in the tomb. And that tomb or whatever it is in your life, even though it's been four days, Jesus still can because he is the resurrection. And you don't have to wait till the end of time to get your resurrection. Some of you have been waiting a long time to be delivered. You've been waiting till the by and by to get delivered. Jesus is the resurrection. You're in the presence of the Lord. Get your resurrection now. Get your deliverance now. Quit waiting for the by and by. He is the resurrection. And he said, the one, the who, who believes in me? Who believes in me? Whoever believes in me. Whoever says, I'm going to trust you, God, even though the deadline is passed. I'm going to trust you, God, even though this looks like a dead situation. And not only did it look like a dead situation, but remember, Lazarus had been there four days. Not one day, not two days, not three days, but the fourth day. Four days Lazarus had been in the tomb. So they had been mourning for four days. Some of you have been mourning for four years, for four months, for four weeks, for 40 years. 
You've been mourning something that died a long time ago. And you're standing in front of the Jesus saying, hey, had you delivered me from this decades ago, I'd have been okay. No, my, I am the resurrection. I'm the source of life. All Jesus has to do is speak. But guess what? What we have to do is believe. We've got to believe God. Amen. We've got to believe that, number one, it is the will of Jesus to restore. You see, Jesus didn't take a while to get to Lazarus and Mary and Martha simply because he didn't care. Because if you read the scripture, Jesus actually wept when he spoke with Mary. He wept. So it wasn't because he didn't have compassion or care. The scripture lets us know that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And see, we've got to understand that Jesus loves us today. He never would have gone to the cross if he didn't. And he wouldn't be compelling us to draw closer to him if he didn't love us now. So he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And he loves us today. It is his will to restore, to heal, to save, to deliver from any and all bondage, you and me. But we must believe. We must believe that it's not too hard for Jesus to fix. No matter how hard it is for you and I to fix, it's not too hard for Jesus. We must believe that it's not too late for Jesus. It might be past the deadline for you. Your doctor may be confused. Your lawyer may be stuck on what to do. But Jesus knows how to fix that situation. We must believe. We must take our eyes off the natural elements that are around us. Because, see, Lazarus had been wrapped and bound like they do a dead person. See, some of you, your foreclosure has already been set. They already put an auction date on your house. And see, some of you are like that, well, it's gone this far. What else can we do? Guess what? The resurrection can restore the resurrection can heal. The resurrection can deliver. We must believe it's not too late for Jesus. Because once Jesus shows up on the scene, life comes forth. Amen. So we must believe it's Jesus' will, it's Jesus' plan in order for you to be restored and we also have to understand that it is all for the glory of God. See, we've got testimonies to tell that we haven't told yet. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. So they used to sing a song and said, look what the Lord has done. Anybody else ever heard that song? Amen. Look what the Lord has done brought me out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. Some of you need to get a look what the Lord has done anointing in your life. You need to get that down in your spirit. Look what the Lord has done. And stop looking at the circumstance. Because remember, Jesus is the resurrection. We got to ignore the naysayers 
and the unbelievers. Why? Because the people that were comforting Martha and Mary as they were grieving Lazarus, you better believe there were some of them that were around there. They were like, well, you know what? I thought Jesus was your dog. I thought he was your road dog, and he not even here. How he just going to do you like that, though? That's all right, though. Wait till we see him. Now, we don't know that, but let's, just, let's put it in today's world. Let's put it in today's world. You have a situation, and you call on somebody who is a friend of yours, and they don't show up. You better believe the people around you like, I thought that was your dog. Where he at? I thought that was your girl. You was there for her. Where she at? You know people today are talking like that. Come on. You got to ignore the naysayers and unbelievers. Even the ones that are around you that say they are for you or in their mind might actually be for you. Guess what? You still got to believe God. You still got to believe Jesus because he is the resurrection. All of our faith, all of our hope has to be in Jesus. And even times when there are people of religious differences, you know, other groups that just say, well, God will do this, but um, I've never seen him do that. So, um, you, you know, yeah, well, that's it. No, you don't let nothing or no one stop you from believing Jesus because you never know when Jesus might be using you for his glory. He might be using that situation, that problem, that circumstances to bring glory to God. And see, all the glory belongs to him. Because who could they praise once Lazarus was raised from the dead? The only one they can give glory to was God. Why? Because those same naysayers, those same unbelievers, those same people who believe but only believed to a certain extent. Those same people who were genuinely believers and mourned, all of them could only do what? They could only give the glory to God because the only one that raised Lazarus is Jesus. And see, we have to understand, you, some of us have gotten to the point in our lives, some of you are at this point right now where the only one that can fix it is Jesus. And guess what? You're in the right position. You're in the right position because the moment you're in a position where you can do it yourself, you've messed up. Why? Because you go around, you try to get the glory. But when you get into a point where only Jesus can fix this problem, only Jesus can deliver, that's when you call on the resurrection. And you say, you know what? I believe. I believe. I believe. That the I am, the resurrection and the life, will restore in this matter, will heal in this matter. And guess what? When Jesus does it, it's better than it ever was before. Amen. The scripture in John verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 21, when Jesus was speaking to Martha, he, the Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, what does that tell me? That tells us that Martha followed Jesus enough and believed Jesus enough to know that Jesus would have healed Lazarus before he died. And that's actually true. That's true. So it wasn't that Martha didn't understand that. She did understand that. It wasn't that she didn't believe Jesus. She did. But see, we've got to go further and understand something here. She said, if 
you had been here, my brother would not have died. Catch this. But I know that even now, even though he's dead, God will give you whatever you ask. In other words, Martha is saying that, okay, God could have healed him sooner. God could have prevented this situation. But even though it happened, amen, even though it has happened, see, God can prevent you from going through calamity. There is no question about that. See, when we pray, we pray prevention, we pray healing, and we pray miracles. Why? Because there's a lot of stuff that God prevents. There's a lot of stuff that God takes through a healing process. And then there's a lot of stuff that God touched instantaneously and performs a miracle. Those are three different things. So, yes, Jesus could and would have prevented. And then when he was at the point of death, Jesus could have just healed him. But he had already died. So that left room for one last thing. What was that? A miracle. The resurrection. Resurrection is a miracle. That left room for one last thing. Some of you are in a position where there's only room for one last thing, and that is a miracle from God. Anybody want a miracle from Jesus? Some of you are in that position. And so what Martha said to Jesus, I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. So in other words, even now, in this dead season, God can heal, raise, deliver, resurrect, restore perform a miracle. So whatever your situation, you need to get down on your spirit, in your spirit. But I know, even now, God, you're able to heal. God, you're able to restore. God, you're able to perform a miracle. So it's not too late. Now, some of you say, well, I would have preferred this to have happened sooner. Yeah. Sure you would. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, this is for the glory of God. One, because we want to see Lazarus suffer. See, Jesus is not sitting back just letting you suffer, watching you suffer, go through heartache and pain, trials and tribulations. It's what? For the glory of God. Amen? And see, all of this is the resurrection. It's all about the resurrection. See, we as believers, we have to testify about Jesus. We've got to go and tell others. We've got to go and tell of his goodness. We have to tell the story of the resurrection differently from the way that we have been telling it before. See, traditionally in churches, the way we talk about the resurrection is we talk about how Jesus was born, how he performed miracles on the earth, how he was crucified, how he got up on the third day, and then we go paint some eggs. We forget all about the fact that he's the Passover lamb. We forget all about the fact that every form of bondage, sickness, and disease, that that blood that he shed 
was for us who believe to be set free from. We forget the weight of the cross because we get caught up in the eggs, the Easter bunny, the celebrations, the cake and the cupcakes and the parties. And all of those things, that's fine. That's your thing. That's great. But we get caught up in it. Or we go to the other extreme and we don't want to have anything else to do with the celebratory events that take place. We go from one extreme to the next. But we miss the cross. We miss what was nailed to the cross. Your depression was nailed to the cross. Your marital problems were nailed to the cross. Your addiction was nailed to the cross. Cancer was nailed to the cross. Schizophrenia was nailed to the cross. Every form of bondage was nailed to the cross. Because Jesus' blood that was shed. Jesus is the Passover lamb. His blood that was shed for us sets us free. What do we have to do? We got to believe. We have to believe. Amen. And if we don't believe God, how can we testify of his goodness? It says in Acts chapter 4, verse 33, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. Why did the apostles have to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus? Why? Because the people around were saying he didn't get up. Somebody stole him. That's what they were saying. They were trying to distort the miracle that God had done, the resurrection. They were trying to distort the truth. And see, that happens. People around you will try to distort the truth. Oh, God didn't hear you from that. You're just feeling better today. But, you know, you, you, you. They try to distort what God has done. And so you've got to ignore the naysayers. You've got to ignore the unbelievers. Why? Because that same person, guess what? On the inside of them, they got a little bit of jealousy of you and don't want to see you prosper. Why? Because they're broke, busted, and disgusted in their own life. So we have got to testify to the resurrection of Jesus. We've got to continue to say, not only did Jesus go to the cross, not only did he die for our sins, not only did he rise on the third day like he said he would, but guess what? Because of that, I'm delivered and saved and set free. And because of that, he's going to deliver, restore, save, and set me free from any form of bondage, both spiritual, physical, natural, emotional, mental, any type of bondage that the enemy could try to bring my way. Why? Because it happened at the cross. You have to understand Jesus is the resurrection. He is the resurrection. Now, there is an appointed time for a resurrection for all men. And we understand that. That's different from what we're talking about today. But we understand that. We understand that. When a body will be raised. We understand that. But we're talking about Jesus is the resurrection. And see, that's the resurrection that Martha originally thought Jesus was talking about. When he said, did he sleep? He's going to wake up. He's going to live. He's just asleep. Well, I know I'm going to see him again. No, 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 I'm not talking about in the by and by. Because I 
am the resurrection. I'm talking about now. See, some of you need to get the right now in your spirit. God is restoring right now. He is the resurrection. Amen. It is God's plan. It is his will to resurrect. And we've got to do what? We've got to fulfill the Great Commission. Each one of us have to fulfill the Great Commission. It tells us in Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We have got to go and tell others. We've got to testify of the goodness of Jesus, of the resurrection of Jesus, his resurrection power. See, Christ's sacrifice as the ultimate Passover gives us a knowledge of the sin and its effects, and it also gives us freedom from the power of sin and confidence to know that the old covenant covenant is passed away because Jesus' blood is the new covenant. Amen. So we not only we no longer need to look for a physical animal and put blood on our door because Jesus is the Passover lamb and his blood was shed for us at Calvary. We do still honor the Passover because one plus one equals two. Y'all remember our math problem? So we do still observe and honor the Passover feast. Amen. It tells us in Acts 24, 15, as I get ready to close, and I have the same hope in God as these men themselves have, that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In other words, my beloved, there is a day coming. As some people used to say, we're all going to meet our maker one day. There is a day coming where we as a believer, as believers, will have a glorified body. Amen. And those of us who are believers in Christ, believers in Christ, will be raised to eternal life. Those of us who have chosen not to believe, the Bible lets us know that we won't. So, but we have to understand, we don't have to wait until the by and by. There are things in our lives that need to be resurrected right now. There are people under the sound of my voice that need to stay out of their mouth that they believe Jesus and make him Lord of your life. We don't have to wait until the by and by to do that. We don't have to wait to some distant time. Now is the time. Jesus is the resurrection. So we need to accept the fact that Jesus went to the cross for us. And not only did he do that, not only for our salvation and our physical healing, but he also did it because he loves us and he wants to resurrect the things in our life that need to be resurrected. So if you're under the sound of my voice and you've got some things in your life that need to be resurrected, maybe you have never made Jesus Lord of your life. Maybe you've heard about this Jesus that I'm talking about today, but you've never made him Lord of your life. Maybe you're at a point where you're a believer 
but there's some things that have just happened in your life that have caused you to forget about all the stuff that God has done for you and just put your eyes on the circumstances. Maybe time has passed. There's a few deadlines that didn't get met. And so you're wondering, where is Jesus in my life, in my situation? Is it too late? You got to understand that it's never too late to trust Jesus. You have to understand that there's no problem that you can go through that will stop God from being able to move in your life. It is God's plan and it is his will. Let's start with spiritual bondage. Pray with me, dear God. 